Tiger Cats pregame game. Well, we're still about half an hour away from kickoff here at Tim Hortons Field. Tie Cats, Alouettes, East semifinal. The snow has fallen down, and oh, it's just a great afternoon for football. And here to discuss it, and speaking with the enemy, is Marco Bruyette of TSN 690. We'll have the call for Montreal. Marco, thanks for doing this. Uh, your thoughts on, on, on the weather, the atmosphere? Are, are you a fan of the snow? Listen, this is playoff weather in the CFL, and I think. Nobody is surprised by this considering the late start to the season. We knew that the playoffs were pushing towards the end of November into December. And so this is going to be a match amongst the elements. It, it does not appear as though the snow will be slowing down at any point today. You said it. You said it best, man. This is amazing, amazing football playoff weather, and uh, you can't. If it is snowing, you can't ask for a better day. When it's the middle of the day, there's barely any wind. It's only zero degrees or, or one degrees. Like it's not, you know, it's not a blizzard out there. So, uh, it, isn't it just amazing? But what are your thoughts on the fact that you play all season long in nice weather, and then and then this is to decide it all when perhaps the uh, the passing game might be not as crisp as it usually would be? Well, you mentioned it, though. Temperature-wise, it's still relatively mild considering the time of the year, so I don't think there, there should be too much impact on the passing game. And, and I agree with you. You hate to see two teams that have worked so hard throughout the season uh, be subject you know, to some terrible uh, weather, which affects you know uh, their ability to throw the football. So hopefully it won't be too bad for either team today as both will need to rely on the respective quarterbacks to have success on offense. Montreal obviously, I think, has the, uh, has the advantage in the ground game. But as anybody knows, in the CFL, in order to win football games, you need to be able to throw the football. So hopefully it's pretty fluffy snow that's coming down here today won't affect these quarterbacks too bad. Speaking of throwing the football, a guy that a lot of the fans here today will remember from last game, Eugene Lewis, uh, is active today, and he was questionable all week. Uh, and I see there's only six receivers, only one backup receiver on the Alouettes roster. What, what's his health status, and what's going to happen? Uh, is that a, could that be a p- potential problem if, a, if he goes down or tweaks something or, or somebody goes down? Yeah, you know, there may be some roster shuffling, but if you look back at the last couple of games for the Alouettes, there's no secret that they've had issues protecting the quarterback. And so they've spent the majority of their time in that 24 personnel or sometimes even in 33 personnel where they bring in either a fullback or two fullbacks, maybe line them up in the tight end position as well, try and get into those 70, maybe even 80 protection looks. So if disaster does strike and they do lose a receiver, I don't think it will affect the Alouette's offense too much as far as as the personnel and the roster is concerned, although losing a guy like Eugene Lewis would be huge for the Alouette's considering his production in 2021. Speaking of production in 2021, uh, William Stanback, the uh, league's uh, most explosive runner this year, and, you know, it was pointed out to me that he, he broke a thousand. He led the rushing game by almost 400 yards and played uh, two less games than the next guy on the list. He's such a crucial part to this offense. But that being said, the Ticats have had a lot of success in slowing him down. 
how much of a factor do you feel like that that previous history is going to be for planning this offense, knowing that the Ticats have done a really good job of shutting Stan back down this season? Well, if you look at the Alouettes throughout the season, when they're successful on offense, it's because they are able to run the football. And you're absolutely right. The two times these two, these teams played, Stanback combined 24 carries for only 99 yards, which is far below his average throughout the season. And so I don't think the Alouettes should shy away from this. I think they need to take it on head first. They need to try and establish that run game early on in the uh, in the first quarter, in the first half of this football game. And that'll open up more things for them because if they become one-dimensional, this Ticats defense is going to feast all over them. Just following up on that question, what are some ways that you think the Alouettes could get him more involved if the traditional running game uh, is is being stinted like like the last two games against Hamilton? What are some other ways, some other looks they could give? Or have you seen well, the practice? They, they do have Curtis Artis Payne, another uh, tailback on the roster. So I would love to see some of that 24-T personnel where you've got two tailbacks in the football game, and now you can give different looks. I mean, those are two complete different style runners. Stand back, more of that north-south bruising type back, as opposed to Artis Payne, who's a little shiftier, can run it off the end, stretch the perimeter a little more. So if stand, if they can't necessarily get the run game going with stand back between the tackles, I think a nice change of pace would be having Artis Payne in there, or possibly even both to give the Ticats defense new looks and get the football to the perimeter with some additional speed from Artis Payne. We're speaking with the enemy with Marco Bruyette here on Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross. And this will be the first playoff matchup between the Montreal Alouettes and the Ticats. And Marco, I know you remember that game well, just like my friend Andy here. Uh, I want to ask about that since, since 2014. 2014, huh? yeah. So that's, uh, I know you know that game, and I want to talk about that for a second. But it's also the third straight time that Trevor Harris is going to face the Ticats with three different teams. It, he seems like he's the ultimate like kind of X factor. If, if, he, if he can have a game where he put up six touchdowns like he did a couple of years ago, then you know the Ticats might be in trouble. But if he comes out like he did with Edmonton last year, then who knows? So I, what are you tr- expecting to see from Trevor Harris? Well, we've seen Trevor Harris's progression since his arrival in Montreal. He, every week... Uh, every week that goes by, he appears more and more comfortable within Kahari Jones's offense. But we still have yet to see that Trevor Harris that we're used to seeing those 300-yard passing games. And I know this offense is not built um, and does not not built around the quarterback in the sense that they don't need that type of production out of that position because they are so well rounded. However, if they cannot manage to run the football. They will have to rely on Trevor Harris and hopefully see one of those 300-yard games that we're used to seeing out of him. One thing you know you're going to get out of Trevor Harris is you're going to get 70% completion. I mean, you know, that you look at his stats this season, you look at the stats in his career, that's what he delivers. Now, can he limit mistakes? Can he put up more than the 180, 170 yards that he's been averaging so far during his time with the Alouettes? We'll have to see how that goes today. Let's switch uh, gears for a sec on the on the defensive side and talk about uh, you know the entertainment business a little bit here. Uh, 
Uh, I thought that was a golden a golden little skit there. Patrick Levels talking about you know. Uh, yeah, just the excitement leading up to this game and, and talking about this is the entertainment business. And, uh, you know, it, it makes for good good material and good storylines leading up. Um, what are your thoughts on, like, a player speaking out like that and, 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 and whether it's guaranteeing a win or just talking trash uh, into the media b- beforehand? Patrick Levels is a very vocal guy. I mean, he's, he's been that way the, the whole season. He wears his heart and his emotions on his sleeve. And I don't think that he would have said those things in the press conference, for example, guaranteeing a win here in Hamilton today, if he didn't have the backing of the other guys in that room with the Montreal Alouettes. And so perhaps it's a little uh, out there, a little flamboyant, but that's his style. And I don't think it rubbed anyone the wrong way uh, inside the building back in Montreal. And so we'll see if uh, if he can put his money where his mouth is today. And that'll start with his own personal performance. The last thing you want to do is have that type of conference, make those type of comments and guarantees, and then show up and just be a lame duck out there <laughs> and not, you know, contribute or make any big play so i feel like he probably added a little pressure on his own shoulders by saying that but hopefully he can deliver yeah he sure did and uh, it's something to watch for sure but a confident group on defense to say the least and what are the keys to slowing down this tie cat offense i think they need to get to jeremiah masoli and and you guys know the tie cats they like to empty the backfield. They'll go 6-R. They'll spread the football around. And weather, weather permitting, I assume they'll probably do that again here today against the Alouette. And so if they can get in Masoli's lap, get some push on the inside of the pocket, because we've seen some poor decision-making from Masoli in the past when he's flushed out of the pocket or when there's pressure up the middle and he's forced to throw off of his back foot. That's where you see those errant, inaccurate throws that often result in interceptions. And so if the Alouettes want to disrupt the Ticats offense, it all starts with getting pressure on Masoli. Marco, the last time the Montreal Alouettes won a playoff game, you were in uniform for them. If they want to win today, what are they going to have to do? I think there are three keys to the Alouettes coming away with a win today here in Hamilton. One is going to be resisting that initial surge. There's going to be plenty of energy at Tim Hortons Field. They got the blackout. The crowd's going going to be going nuts. They're going to have to resist that initial surge. If they go down seven or ten early on, they need to be able to claw their way back into the football game. If not, they may end up getting routed. Second thing, we spoke about it, they need to establish the run. And whether that be with standback or artist pain, they need to find a way to run against this Ticats defense. And third, they need to protect Trevor Harris. He needs time to operate. If not, it could be a long day for the Alouette's offense. Well, it should be a fun one. The snow continuing to fall leading up to kickoff. Marco, I appreciate you giving us the time here. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. And best of luck to you guys in the Ticats today. <laughs> you as well, buddy. There we go. That is Marco Bruyette in uh, speaking with the enemy. We're just about ready for kickoff. Coming up next, we'll have Andy's Car Star Keys to Victory, and we'll go through today's starting lineups here on Tiger Cats pregame, presented by Active Green and Ross on the Ticats Audio Network.